The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Some Pharisees came, and to test him, they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then, in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. The seminary that I attended had uh, a daily Eucharist, and it was uh, customary for the faculty to preach at that Eucharist. Well, I remember one particular day, uh, the the, uh, lesson was the one that we have for this Sunday. And the person who was to preach that day was a man by the name of Charles Winters. Charles was a priest who, while on the faculty of the University of the South, our seminary there, Swanee, he developed education for ministry. You probably, some of you have gone through that program. Many of you know about it. Well, Charles said, it was when he started his sermon, he said, it's so ironic that I end up with this lesson because I'm a divorced man. And he said, not only that, I think I've preached it three times in seminary settings. He seemed to not be able to escape it. Well, Charles had a wonderful sermon that day. He talked about his divorce, and he talked about how he and his former wife decided that they would write a brief liturgy that they would uh, present in their parish. Uh, He was serving a small parish at that time, and they would present it there. And in that liturgy, they would confess to one another their failings. And then they would ask for the support of that congregation as they began, began the next chapter of their life. It was really a wonderful thing, and I've heard of others doing that as well. It's a brave thing to be able to face one's failings, but also to be able to look ahead, to be able to see the possibility even in that new life. I recently saw a notice for a TED Talk. It read, Falling in love is not the same thing as staying in love. Falling in love is the easy part. (laughs) 
Well, it certainly is the easy part. Many of us perhaps have fallen in love more than once. But staying in love takes work. Because once we fall in love, we find that we encounter life. And when we encounter life, it gets complicated. I know a little uh, about divorce. I'm a child of divorce. I remember growing up, my grandmother telling me that she thought that our family had actually been uh, cursed because there was so much divorce in our family. My grandmother's mother was divorced from her father in the early 1900s. And this was out on the upper Great Plains where divorce was almost unheard of in those rural communities. It was a great shame for the family. And then my grandmother had four daughters, three of whom, including my mother, were divorced. So divorce touched our family in what seemed to be a severe way. I would guess that many here today have been touched by broken marriages. It seems to be a part of our life, but it's not the end of life. We have a Bible study group that meets on Wednesday. And uh, this week we talked about this lesson. I was so thankful for that group. I'm the youngest in it. <laughs> so I benefited from a tremendous amount of wisdom. And as we talked, it became clear there are so many reasons why people end up in a divorce situation. There are so many reasons marriages fail. But we also heard stories about marriages that survived about going through difficult times, but in spite of those, somehow being able to hold it all together. So I'm grateful for that group this morning. I want to give them credit for whatever we have in the way of a sermon this morning. The lesson that we have today from the gospel is a hard one. And I think it's hard for a couple of reasons. First of all, we tend, I think, to read it as Jesus establishing a new law. And we hear it as harsh, harsh law. I think we also tend to hear it as something that we should apply to today very literally. But the truth is that it was Jesus responding in a very specific situation with a particular context that was so important to it. And as he responded, he was overturning a patriarchal view of marriage, a place where marriages which had no respect for women as human beings but rather saw them more as property. And also, Jesus is reasserting God's vision for married life. Now, before I go any further, I think there's one, one thing we need to keep in mind throughout this, and that is the nature of God as revealed in Jesus. What we know about God is that God is love. And we also know that God pours out God's grace endlessly and God's mercy also is poured out without restraint. So when we fail, God's mercy comes into play. God's love is showered upon us. We are never turned away. Now, to understand this passage, we have to understand the context. Once again, the Pharisees are challenging Jesus. They want to trip him up, so they ask him a question. They say, uh, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? And Jesus turns to them and says, well, what does Moses say? And they uh, reply, because they know the law, Moses said that it was possible for a man to put away his wife simply by a letter of dismissal or a decree of dismissal. And then Jesus comes back, and here is where he denounces what they had just said. 
He said, Moses did that because of your hard hearts. But that's not God's idea of marriage. And then he goes on and doesn't talk about divorce, but he talks about marriage. And he tells the Pharisees that God created men and women in God's image and blessed marriage, this wonderful institution where two become one, never to be separated. Well, I think we need to understand, first of all, that Jesus is responding in a particular context. Now, under Roman law, a woman could divorce a man. And there is evidence that some Jewish women did divorce their husbands. But for faithful Jews, only a man could really divorce his wife. And often divorcing a wife for very little reason at all. In Jesus' response to the Pharisees, he's striking back at this idea of patriarchy. This idea of the hard-heartedness of men. That is, men. <laughs> Not men in the broad sense, men. Because men were the ones who were casting out their wives with very little reason. A little further on in the passage, uh, when Jesus is alone with his disciples in the house, the disciples want to learn more about what he's teaching. And Jesus replies, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. I believe that this is in response to the backdrop of John the Baptist condemning Herod for having divorced his wife so that he might marry his half-brother's wife. And there's even some question as to whether or not his half-brother's wife ever got divorced. So it was a very complicated situation, and they saw it as immoral. So John the Baptist took uh, Herod on, and we know what happened to John the Baptist off with his head. The Pharisees were trying to get Jesus to comment on Herod's marital situation. And Jesus avoided it with the Pharisees. And now that he's alone with his disciples, they ask him again about what he was talking about. Now he responds about Herod's situation. And it was adultery all the way around. And he made that very clear. Femi Perkins, writing in the New Interpreter's Bible, says, Jesus was looking at the selfish individualism of the Herodian court when he made his comments in answer to the Pharisees' question. He was not telling a battered woman that she and her children must risk physical and psychological torment every day just to avoid divorce. I think it's very important for us to hear that. Jesus was responding with a particular situation in mind, and that was the situation of the marriage of Herod. I think we have to be very careful when we consider these texts. It's so easy for us to look at them as sort of black and white, but we know that life is not like that. It's much more complicated than that. When Jesus uh, said, on the one hand, uh, the Pharisees were all wrong, because it's all they looked at was that law. They were just considering the law. And Jesus, on the other hand, comes back and he talks about the beauty and the wonder of marriage and how important it is. Well, I think we also have to recognize that we are human and we sometimes fail. And that is a part of life. One of the privileges that I have as a priest is that of uh, getting to know some wonderful couples 
as they are in preparation for their wedding day and for their life as a married couple. And I believe, I truly believe that every one of them enter into their marriage vows believing that they will be together the rest of their lives. I think that's their hope and their dream. I don't think any of them that I have been with have ever thought, this is just a temporary thing and then we'll move on. They enter in, into it believing it's forever. But unfortunately, we know it doesn't always work out that way. I think it's a miracle. I really believe this. It's a miracle when two people can come together in their youth and live together in a mutually beneficial relationship decade after decade after decade. But it does not always work that way. Divorce has been a way for society to attempt to protect all parties in a broken relationship. At its best, I think divorce is a safety net that is protecting especially the weakest of those parties. But we also know that the soul needs a safety net as well. And that's when the uh, uh, dear friends and family members come into play. That's when the church should be engaged as well. Being there to hear the pain of those who are going through this situation. Being there to support them as they try to put their lives back together again. Being there to declare that this is not the end of life. That this is something that's very unfortunate, but not the end of life. And that life will go on. That they can make another chapter in their lives. I want to end with this, uh, which is, was written by a man by the name of Neil Plantinga. Because I think it applies so much to the frustration we have knowing what the right thing is to do, but also knowing that many times we don't do it. It is there somehow at the intersection of how things are and the way things are supposed to be that we find Jesus in him. The darkness of the former does its worst and in him the beauty of the latter shines most fair. Amen.